Hi everyone, welcome to Happy Healthy Human Radio. I'm your host, Samantha Attard, coming at you from the very beautiful Washington, D.C. I'm an Ayurvedic coach, yoga instructor, and doula, sharing with you all the things I am learning about and teaching about in my everyday, so we can all find just a little more balance, bliss, and confidence. I so appreciate you being a part of this community, and if you do enjoy this podcast, please do subscribe. You can also rate and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and if you're feeling extra super special, generous, take a moment, think of someone who in your life who might also enjoy this podcast, and please send it along their way. I appreciate you sharing your love. Uh, it is a beautiful start to October, actually a very 95 degree start to October here in DC, but I think fall is coming. I can see the trees starting to change and it's feeling really good. I am about two and a half weeks away from going officially onto maternity leave, which is very exciting. So we're going to have a few more episodes of this podcast before we say goodbye for the rest of 2019. And I will be joining up with you again in 2020. I'm pretty excited uh, for maternity leave and for um, that time to just even just step away from the work. I know, and don't worry, I know it's going to be a lot of work to be taking care of baby and getting used to new world. And, um, I know my brain's going to be in a lot of places. And I also know that, uh, not teaching constantly, not podcasting constantly, that all of that is also going to bring a lot of new ideas and new vision. So I'm really excited for that. And I think it's going to be really exciting 2020. Again, don't know exactly what it's going to hold yet, but I trust that it's going to hold like something. I'm going to have something good to say when I get back. So that's, that's my hope. In the meantime, if you want to stay up to date, the only part of my business that's going to keep running um, through the rest of 2019 is my newsletter. So you can head over to spiritcollective.com. I send out a Sunday newsletter with thoughts about living your best life of feeling good um, and and just news and updates. It's also where I'll be sharing about the baby when he does indeed arrive because uh, I'm taking a social media break. So I'm going to kind of be off of all of that. The plan is through the rest of 2019, newsletter is the place to be. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with my newsletter, just like a little background history. It is the one piece of my business that has been consistent, consistent, consistent since 2014. I've sent out a newsletter every single week since April 2014, which seems absolutely crazy to me and also um, is really big and is really huge. And so it felt like that was the place to maintain um, my streak. I really just don't, I just don't, I just don't want it to end. And also, um, I think it's just such a beautiful community, and I, uh, I invite you to be a part of it if you aren't already. I have a bunch of different news and notes all queued up from past newsletters and a lot to call from. So most of these are coming from the last couple years, um, and I've heard from so many people how they enjoy re-listening to uh, and and re-reading the newsletter, not listening, but reading the newsletter. So I'm excited to share some of my favorite notes with you all over maternity leave, plus, of course, again, baby, a couple baby updates. So let's get to today, moon chat. Oh, gosh, you know, uh, we, we're doing these every couple weeks. We've had lots of different travel and things happening through the summer, so they become monthly. And my God, I'm so grateful. <laughs> for them. This one in particular, uh, maybe it's because Kathleen, our resident uh, astrology expert, was down in 
uh, New Orleans and was like soaking up some real good vibes. But for whatever it is, um, man, there is some amazing wisdom that was dropped on this podcast. So Kathleen and I were talking about the change of Virgo into Libra season. We were talking about the new moon, talking about fall. And um, a big piece of what we talked about and, and something that I hadn't really been familiar with was about uh, Saturn. So a lot of us are familiar with Mercury retrograde, the time when Mercury is going away from us. Uh, well, apparently over the last five months, Saturn has been in retrograde going away from us, but in the last few weeks has started going direct, meaning the Saturn is coming towards us again. And this has huge implications for our projects, for uh, shedding old patterns and of, of really stepping into our highest and best selves. So, wow, I said it at some point during the podcast, but I would listen to the last 20 minutes of this podcast again and again and again. Um, like me, like I will, you don't have to, I'm going to, because it was such a great reminder and, and learned such a great learning of um, how to approach our projects, our world, ourselves. Um, our self-improvement, all of the above. So I am like just so in love with this podcast. Uh, thank you, Kathleen, for always sharing such amazing, amazing, amazing wisdom. And I hope you all enjoy it too. I always love to hear from you all. So you can always send me an email. I'm at sam at spirocollective.com. Or if you head over to spirocollective.com, you can go to the contact page and you can send me a message over there um, if you want to get in touch Love you people and enjoy this amazing podcast with Kathleen Berry. She's over on Instagram at KBB323. Let her know as well that you got a lot out of this episode. Thanks, friends. Yay. Hey, Miss Kathleen. <laughs> Yay. It worked. Yes, it did. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. So, no, you're in New Orleans. So are you just kind of like outside wherever you're staying? Are you in a park? Where are you at right now? I am. I'm um I am staying right now at the Hotel Peter and Paul, which is this really cool restored church and convent and rectory that they made into kind of a swanky hotel. Um, um that's with, insane. Yeah, with like these very amazing southern Italian vibes and aesthetics. And I'm yeah, it's it's oh my god. I'm, I'm treating myself. <laughs> I'm so down for that. Oh my <laughs> lord. That sounds amazing. Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> very beautiful you so i have a i have a couple of lime trees i'm facing um a church spire and several palms that are just sort of wafting in the wind oh my god that sounds beautiful yeah how about you what, what are you up to well i'm i have i have a beautiful view of arlington virginia right now which is delightful so i'm just looking out it's a beautiful beautiful blue sky kind of day i'm just taking a little relaxation on the couch just finished some spinning so i'm just i'm just sitting and enjoying getting to talk to you love it you know mm -hmm. there's a there's a studio down here that's actually half spin half power yoga which i thought was an interesting concept mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that is that is really cool i mean it does work nice because i definitely it's been fun uh my yoga cross training has allowed me to um feel the benefits of yoga more sometimes physically. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just been really interesting. So sometimes one of the things that I sometimes struggle with or like, I hope this doesn't sound 
too snooty and weird, but I've been practicing yoga for so long and it's been such a huge part of my life for so long. Like I sometimes forget what it's like to not feel your hamstring stretch. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like to feel like, feel tightness <laughs> like, and to feel, mm -hmm. um, and to, and, or, or, and of course even, you know, more importantly, like what's it like to be new to yoga or new to something like that? Mm. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes I like, I just wish like I could, I had like a recording of, well, not only like what my body was doing at, you know, at, in 2007, but also um, just even like the first time I learned about the Yamas. Like I, I want to like see what happened in my brain um, yeah. and remember that more, more fully. Uh, but so what's nice, been nice about the spinning is I do, it's been like, oh, I have a, like, a really good reason to stretch out my hip flexors right now. Like it just kind of helps. Um, yes. Adds a little extra like, life to um to balance so it feels nice that's i that's what a what an interesting thing right because i've only i'm still probably in mostly if you were to say like student teacher relationship with yoga where you're like you're always a student you're always a teacher to yourself um, i'm definitely still very 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 much a student and i think we all we all stay mm -hmm. that way but because i've only been practicing regularly for like four four years yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a, I mean, I could see where I want, I do wonder where it'll take me on my journey and what a good reminder to me to stop and reflect and notice where I am yeah. right now. Cause it will change. Yeah. Stop and enjoy the roses. Yeah, completely. Um, and you know, it, cause it's even, you know, you, you get, you meet different teachers and obviously your body and your life changes. I think no matter what over 15 years, you know, so, so many things change. Um, and it's, and you, they kind of like look back and you're like, what? Oh yeah. What was that? What yeah. was that? What did that feel like? You know? Yeah, um, totally. So, yeah. So it just is kind of interesting. So I do, I, I appreciate my cross training and I do find I am happiest when I'm not coming to my yoga mat for exercise. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. So, it does. Um, so that's for me, that's become a big uh, thing. So preach yeah. i'm i'm with you i think it, it, the longer i can keep yoga as a self-care practice versus a workout the happy mm -hmm. like the more i've been able to view it that way which it really shifted for me around like a year in um mm -hmm. when i started to take different teachers and realize that it that a child's pose can be just as important for me as a plank Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like that was that was a huge shift and it was definitely a credit to many teachers you being one of them like noticing where where like you could build in rest as a way to mm -hmm. to strengthen your practice which is mm -hmm. just that was like mind-blowing to me because I would see myself improving and improving in terms of my flexibility and in terms of my ability to like move smooth smoothly move yes. smoothly <laughs> move smoothly through um <laughs> You know, like like half moon, for example, that's one that can be yeah. really challenging to go from, let's call it a reverse warrior to a half moon. That's yeah. that's a lot yeah. of fluidity and practice to yeah. get there. Yeah. But I remember in huh? one of your classes being like the one day, the first day I was like, oh, wow, I just went into it because I wasn't thinking about it. I was just yeah. moving with my breath. Yes. That was like a whoa moment. Like, whoa. Oh. And I probably fell out of it oh. two seconds later because I was like, you sure. know, like, I noticed that I was noticing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so in this. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that is so huge. And it doesn't mean, and I, I guess I should also clarify to say, it doesn't mean I don't like to sweat in yoga. It doesn't mean I don't see it as physical exercise. But I think if I go to my mat with a thought of, I got to sweat today, yes. then it doesn't, then it doesn't feel good. But if I've already, I've already feel comfortable with the amount I've moved, and yeah. then this is just extra, yeah. then it just has a different feeling to it than if it's, well, I must feel like I'm sweating really hard for 40 minutes in order to feel like I have done my job. You exactly. Know? Yes. Yeah. I know yeah. exactly that, that feeling that's, and that's why, um, that's why my yoga practice has become such an, a linchpin of my entire life because I'm, I am there because I want to be there, not because I feel a duty to my body or a duty to my mind. Like I know what it does for me in my body and mind. And I love it yeah. for that rather than feeling obligated to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is I like hard. That. You can't, you, you can't learn, like you, you have to practice it, right? You can't yeah. teach someone that. So. No, and it's hard. And I feel like even, I mean, with my own home practice, it's such, it's changed so many times over the years. And I feel like I have times where I'm more in it and I more get it. And <laughs> there's times where mm -hmm. I get it a little bit less, um, meaning the, go and explore, go and see how your body feels, go and, and learn new things about your body, get curious about your quad and what happens in X, Y, and Z shape um, and how, how enriching that can be. But, um, and just, you know, I mean, I'm in one of those points where I'm remembering it again and I'm like, yes. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> and that just feels really nice. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how are the stars doing? How are the, <laughs> Hey guys, how are you up there? They're good. Hey. <laughs> good. And the, yeah, not just the stars. Yeah. They, yeah so, well, so today it's the 27th of September, 2019. I, tomorrow there's a new moon in Libra. Um, mm. and so like for anyone who's not as familiar, who wants a refresher, you get a new moon and a full moon pretty much every month with the exception of sometimes you get two and one, which is rare and doesn't happen every year, but, um, and they're always on that six month axis. So we are in Libra season. So the mo new moon is in, uh, Libra and then the next full moon will be in Aries because those are. Oh, that's six how that works. Yeah. I didn't know this. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the six month axis of like the idea that, the first sign, Aries, and then it balances out with the sixth sign, Libra. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that, that kind of dichotomy you'll, you'll see with every new moon, full moon cycle, it's, it's switching off between that. Um, I know it, for me, it took me like the last several months to be like, oh, that, oh, it's not just like this. Um, Random. Right. It's not just like, oh, say that again. I thought it was random. Me too. <laughs> Totally, me too. And then I realized there, oh, there is rhyme to this. There's reason to this rhyme. Like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, and, but, so, you know, new moons, like, great for intention setting, great for new beginnings, great for new projects, initiation, um, new friendships, new relationships, but also with the lens of whatever is happening with that, that sign and with the transit happening with the moon. So, like, Libra being about, um, you know, Libra rules, it's the scales that rules judgment but judgment not in the way of like right or wrong but more on a grander scale like of humanity um yeah 
it's an air sign. So it's really related to communication and presentation of self and self-image. It's also about, um, Libra likes things to be beautiful. It's ruled by Venus. It's, it wants things to be nice. It's definitely like the mediator of the Zodiac. It's the, um, ameliorator of the zodiac um like let's make things nice let's let's not go to that that ugly place and fight there's got to be a different way we could talk about this that's definitely libra energy Uh and and then like the shadow side of it being kind of like placating um yeah maybe brushing like sweeping things under the rug because it's just too much um vanity um ego um flakiness these are all kind of shadow side so so when in balance right you can kind of see where hey i'm it's september i want my new you know new school or new new year new school year clothes and i want to feel fresh and cute and that's very libra and then it's like but has it gone to a place of you think you're only valuable if you are wearing cute new clothes or has it gone to a place of um i can't be cute unless i have this set of new clothes like and that's a very surface level example but probably one that resonates with all of us who've gone to school and got new clothes <laughs> yeah, yeah that's so fascinating okay this that makes sense because yeah whenever anyone asks me about libra i'm like uh scales uh balance but but then it's also the beauty of balance but that can also become and like the it makes me think of like surface level like mm-hmm. maybe like outside of like kind of staying on the surface because you're like, okay, well, as long as it looks good, it doesn't really matter what's happening underneath. Is that- right. That's, oh, spot on, spot on. Okay. That's definitely a, a tendency to not go too deep for fear of what it would bring to the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. like, and so then you look at the polar opposite sign, um, Aries, which right. Aries can be seen as going like too deep, too quick, too soon, yeah. like too much. Let's go there. Let's yeah. do that now. Like, why aren't, why, aren't we, why don't we just talk about the truth? Whereas, like, Libra's saying, well, know your audience. You know, choose your battles. Come to the table with information. And Aries is like, no, let's plow right down to it. So when they balance each other out, it can be really wonderful because because Libra understands where Aries is coming from. And Aries appreciates that Libra wants to be, like, nice and um, fair-minded. Mm-hmm. Because Aries is actually deep down really about fair-mindedness, about like equality for all. Um, and so is Libra. It's just that they have very different approaches on how to get there. So when you when you balance the two of like have the initiative and the gusto to, to go for what's real, but then also have sort of the um, emotional intelligence to know your audience and to not, uh, not just rush in like a ram in a china shop. And so... A question that comes up for me, because um, obviously, why not just make it about me? It's more fun that way. <laughs> um, well, because I'm, I'm born on the cusp of mm-hmm. Virgo to Libra. And mm-hmm. I know many people, like my sister's born right on the cusp of um, of Cancer and Gemini. My niece is born right on the cusp of Cancer and Leo. Like, So we have like a lot of cuspy people in my family. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, like, would you say that someone that's born on the cusp, like, should I read Libra as well? Like, should I kind of... It, do I, or does it like, eh, doesn't really matter. Like, again, we all have a little bit of everything. So anything that I'm feeling like, oh my God, that resonates with me about Libra is more just related to the fact that we all have a little bit of anything, everything more so than, oh, cause you're born on the cusp and thus you are kind of a Libra. Thoughts. So it's like a really good 
question because the answer is yes and yes and <laughs> yes. So there are a lot of astrologers because I'm not, you know, I'm not somebody who can go get your, I couldn't tell you quite yet in my practice, like what the degree of the sign you're in means in terms of how it relates to this other sign and what the aspects are. But those are all very deep layered um <laughs> Right. So it's kind of like if you do Enneagram, it's like the idea that you're now exploring your wing and how your wing really overlaps and could cause you to mistype as a different um, number. Mm -hmm. So so that's but but the depth being that like you're born in a sign, but you could be born at zero degrees of that sign, meaning you are on the cusp of another sign. Um, but I think that like for very deeply in tune astrologers, each degree of the sign actually has a significance. And that's kind of how I view it. Cause, cause I, I too am like a cusp baby. I'm born on the 23rd. And so I've all, so when I was younger, I would read for Pisces and for, um, and for Aries. Now I actually read for my rising sign Aquarius and my sun sign Aries, as opposed to my, my cusp sign. But, but I also, if you look at the way your houses show up in your natal chart, right. My, it's interesting and I don't have the answer to this, but Pisces is actually my second, it's in my first and second house. So oh, it wow. does, it does make sense. Cause first house is house of self. Second house is house yes. of like mater material earthiness. So it would make sense that I really relate to those aspects of that sign. And, and likewise for you. Right. So mm -hmm. looking at where your, your houses show up. Um, but, but also to your point, we do all have a little bit of everything but I also know your chart well, and I know you have a, a significant amount of Libra. So for you to relate to that, it doesn't hurt to read for it because you're feeling that energy because you have that energy very strongly in your chart. Yeah. Okay. So as opposed to it, say, say that again, sorry. Oh, sorry. So that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Yeah. Um, for going into yeah. That. Yeah. And, and, and it all depends too on like, there are just, there are astrologers out there who are like cusps are a hoax. They're not real. Um, which which, but I think um, if you go deeper, like we just did, they're not a, a hoax and not real. I think there's a reason why people feel certain energies resonate with them, especially if you're born close, closer, like either in a really late degree of one sign or a really early degree of another sign. I think there's a reason you feel that energy because you kind of are starting to enter into that, into that part of the chart. Yeah. Right? So that does. Yeah of, yeah, of course. Like it's, it would be silly to say like, you know, based on three minutes of where you're born, like, no, never le read Libra. Like, that's, you know, like that. So, right. um, yeah, so it makes sense that there's a little, uh, there is a play. So, yeah, I do remember, I think my degrees of Virgo is pretty, it's pretty high. It's like, I think, does it go up to like 30 or something? Like, it's like, yeah. it's somewhere in the 20s. Yeah, so, you're like 28 um, or something. You're, you're yeah. far in. Mm -hmm. So that night, so, okay, so that makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate that. Cause I just remember, yeah, and I've kind of been asked, cause I feel like even sometimes charts will say that I'm Libra, but I'm like, no, I'm actually Virgo. Oh, so like it's, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. That's pretty typical mm -hmm. for people born on cusps too. And, and it's funny, like I actually, I think numbers and birthdays and all of that part of why I'm so into astrology is I've always felt they're very auspicious and they, they do play a role in my life in terms of like, the type of people who have been in my life and the type of relationships I have based upon either the birthday energy or the number energy people have. Like, um, like my, my closest friends from high school, there are three of us out of the five who are born on the 23rd of a month. And then the oh, other wow. two are, are born on the same exact day. Oh, interesting. Uh, 
and and they're both born on the fifth. And then if you if you break down twenty three, it's two plus three, it's five. So like mm-hmm. to, uh, that type of st- I'm into that. I just I see where things get interconnected and like the type of energy that you attract and that you're attracted to. Um, I I often have been able to feel that or sense that from somebody's birthday. Uh, so I don't know, and it can you know. It could be in my head, which it is because everything's in my head. This whole world is in our head, <laughs> but, but for me, it's real. So, so yeah, like even friend, our friendship, like I totally understand your point of view of coming from like, but I feel really Virgo, but I also know there's this Libra quality to me. Um, yeah. I, I think if it's true for you, it's true for you. Full stop. I love that. I yeah. love that. So that yeah. Is so neat. And I think, um, that is really cool. That makes so much sense. And it is funny. My, um, my sister, the one that's born on the cusp of uh, cancer and Gemini. So she's June 21st. Her husband is March 21st. Her baby mm. is July 21st. Like, and me and my sister, she's 21. I'm 20, 22. My other sister is 20. Like it's so, yeah, it's just all that's circles. Interesting. Look at that. Look at that sequencing of numbers too. Oh, I know. And apparently we were all born on a Thursday. So that's the big one that we actually do in, in my family is that it's funny. Me and my sisters were all born on a Thursday, as was my niece. So I love us. that. Oh, my gosh. I, I was actually looking at that the other day. So I, I'm, I am, um, I'm going to try a new type of therapy. I'm going to try EMDR. Cool. Oh, wait, wait. Can you what does that stand for? EMDR. It, hold on. I always mess it up. <laughs> so let me Google it. Um, <laughs> be making this up I don't know no if you know it's from the body keeps the score um that we've oh, talked about on on this before I mean that's not the only place it's from but but that's where they really break it down and something we've talked about together on this podcast but um EMDR stands for the um eye movement desensitization uh, uh okay what's the r desensitization and reprocessing so it's a therapy that um mimics so it's 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 got a psychotherapy aspect to it around mm-hmm. um talk therapy and you know going into your past and understanding family dynamics and all that stuff but then part of the uh, application or the more like what's the word i'm looking for the the application of emdr is yes thank you the actual treatment is um to replicate the eye movement you make during rem sleep rapid eye movement wow. sleep and yeah, and it what it because it allows um, the brain to go into a theta wave state, so a, a neutral um, parasympathetic state, so that for any trauma of any level, big T trauma, little T trauma, le- several traumas over a lifetime, you're able to process and integrate them into your prefrontal cortex as opposed to them staying stuck in your limbic brain. Um, wow which is what causes people to have PTSD and to have panic attacks and to have all sorts of things. So I just, I've been so intrigued by it for a long time. And I know that we all have so much to learn about our subconscious and I just feel like I'm ready for that step. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to try to enter into that next, in the next month. And it's a whole thing. I mean, it's a whole process. So. Um, Cause like, so you have to record what your eyes do when you sleep, right? So is it like you have to go in for like a sleep study? Well, it's gonna no. It's actually it's it is actually your you are conscious when they okay. do it, um, and, and it's because I haven't done it yet. I'll have more to share once I do go through it. Um, but it is it it they do it in a conscious state 
so that they can activate that subconscious brain. Um, wow. Okay, so they direct you how to move the eyes. Yes. Knowing tends to be what, okay, so it's not like, what is your, I was thinking it was like, um, you have your unique way that you move your eyes during REM and I have my unique ways that I move my eyes during REM. So you're saying like, they tell you, this is how you move your eyes during REM. And then that allows you to then again access. Yes, that. exactly. Exactly. But like, it's like somebody literally, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's a version of hypnosis in a way. Yeah. Uh, so, because that's that theta wave uh, brain state that's getting you in a parasympathetic state. So you are able to process and integrate memories that may have been traumatic or, or, or locked in your subconscious for years so that you can bring them to the surface, process them, bring them to your rational brain. So you can say like, it's, it's not a, um, and, and this was really important that I think the, the owner of this practice where I'm going to go, which I'll share once I go through it all. But, um, that she was like, this isn't a quick fix. A lot of people think it is. Um, it's not, there's a minimum of eight sessions. It's going to be intense. It's probably going to bring up a lot for you. And, and it does for most people and that's okay. We're here to like guide you through the process, but it's not like we move your eyes right and left a few times and you're like, Oh cool. I'm like a happy person now. It's, it's, it's right. It's deeper than that. Um, which it's kind of like in, in speaking with my other counselor, like it's just, it's the right. Yeah. I think I'm in the right place. It's not something that I'm fearing. It's something I know will be really hard, but, um, but all of that's to say that the intake for this was super intense. I mean, it was like a like a 10-page form I had to fill out. And they asked you, like, birthdays of, of family members and stuff. And I was, like, wow. getting to see, because they had the way the calendar pulled up, I could see when everyone, what days of the week everyone was born, which I didn't know about. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a Saturday baby. And my dad was, too. And then, mm -hmm. like, my mom and my sisters were all Thursdays. Uh, yeah, and then my brother's a Tuesday. Wow. So it, like in this really weird way, I'm like, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> it is so interesting. Yeah, because like right, because like different um gods rule and different planets rule the different seven days of the week. Exactly. Um, people are not aware like, Saturday, like this one's just the most easiest one to remember. It's Saturn. I think right. Thursday is Jupiter, if I have it correct. I think um, you're right. Yeah, so like so there is a um, astrological, this shows up in Ayurveda. Um, yeah. I don't know how much they talk about astrology, but the days of the week, uh, and, and what they correspond to. And I mean, Ayurveda has all these like fun, like crazy rules, like don't do business on X day or like, don't start a war on Monday or like all yeah. this different stuff. Like, yeah. Trade your cattle. On Monday. Um, cause I think, yeah, so it's just, it's, so it's funny. just, it's really, it's really cool. And you can really, I mean, get into it. I mean, some people even wear specific colors on specific days. Like, yeah. uh, again, like whatever day is like the Mars day, I think like it's a great day to wear red. I think that might be Wednesday. Um, like mm -hmm. really great day to wear red. <laughs> like Sunday, like it's like white and light purple. Uh, and it's and it's just a really, again, introduction of ritual um, yeah. that can be fascinating and, and, um, and useful. It's <laughs> so fascinating. Yeah, Monday's the moon. Tuesday oh, is Mercury, or yeah, okay. Tuesday's Mercury, Thursday's, uh, or Wednesday, I'm skipping days, but yeah, like, I, I think that's so fascinating as well, and it is, like, kind of, uh, uh, yeah, I was born on a Saturday, like, Saturn, who knew, I had to be so damn serious all the time, but, like, Saturday <laughs> is a good day to get errands done, it's a good day to check off your to-do list, and 
that kind of actually it segues really nicely into what I wanted to share with you too about what's happening um, astrologically, Ooh. which is the the return of Saturn in direct motion. So we've mm. talked before about retrogrades and. Um, so all of the planets have retrograde periods and they all have a different implication. So we've talked in depth about Mercury retrograde, which is all about mm-hmm. commerce and communication and travel and um, siblings and things like that. And with Saturn, it's, it's, it gets like the name of being the taskmaster planet. And mm-hmm. which sounds for me, like taskmaster planet sounds like a bummer. I'm sure it like jazzes some people up. <laughs> 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 maybe some people on this line I don't know um but, but like because there's just sort of this air of it, it, it's an accountability planet it's a responsibility and um and Saturn really and we were talking about this before we hopped on here but like we're both kind of rereading the Bhagavad Gita and um you know what what your dharma is like what your life's path your soul path why are you here what's your what are you here to create to do to to serve others with um which is a you know very yogic philosophy that we're not just here by accident we're here for a reason and we all have gifts and if we cultivate and build and grow and strengthen our natural gifts that we were given at birth that we are living our dharma that we are walking a path of righteousness that we are um you know that we're making the world a better place just by being ourselves which is really, I love that idea. I love that just being yourself makes the world a better place. So, um, so that, that, that Dharma and then Dharma and Karma, they're interrelation and they're very connected to Saturn because Saturn is like, it's like, because it's an outer planet, it rules bigger life themes and generational themes. Um, right. but it's kind of the connector planet between like personal Karma Dharma <laughs> and like, and worldwide generational Karma and Dharma. Like how are we living in, the generation we were born and like serving one another in the highest and best path. Um, and if you aren't karma or karma, Saturn is a planet that's going to kind of force you to course correct, even if you don't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for it to be in a retrograde period, which it was for the past five months was like a time of review and introspection, a time of yes. like, what, what is happening for me? Where am I in my career, in my relationships, in my personal practices? And what am I doing to improve and align to my, my soul path? And it, the idea is like, when it, I don't know, when it went direct last week, Sam, like things just got intense for me. And I, I've actually been taking informal polls from everyone in my life. Like, how was last week for you? And I've gotten a lot of like, ooh, it was a doozy. It, Cause I think it was like, if you weren't living and speaking and being in your truth, uh, that's how I felt it come up for me. Like that it's gonna just come right into your face, be served to you on a platter, whether you like it or not. And now you've got to deal with it. Like, where are you not being and living in your most authentic path? And Saturn is there to say like, hey, hey, we're all watching. We know, we know you're not really being honest and truthful to yourself about X, Y, and Z. And so it's, it might be time to, you didn't take this period of five months to reevaluate it clearly enough. So like, we're just going to now say plop, here it is. Like, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That like kind of it moving back to direct, do you feel like that that then again, kind of pushes us more towards the action. So instead of like being internal and reviewing all the time now, it's like, oh, okay, let me push out and actually make some moves on this said yeah yeah I, that's exactly how i how i felt it and that's exactly how you know a retrograde versus a direct motion works is that 
the direct motion is it's now, and now you can't ignore it. It's in the external world too. It's not just in your inner world. And so there's this opportunity when, during retrogrades to, to take stock, to notice, to observe the inner world and see what's, what's true for oneself. And then when it's direct motion, it's more about, okay, well now how do I externalize it? So I've internalized it. And now how am I operating externally to, to address it? Um, yes. Yeah. And, and with Saturn, like it's just Saturn won't, Saturn doesn't suffer a fool. It won't let you kid yourself. It won't let you delude yourself, which is part of why I'm like, oh, Saturn, you're such a pain in my ass. Like, why can't you just yes, let me live in La La Land for a hot second? <laughs> but then ultimately Saturn is like also so, it's such a, it's such a benevolent, kind but like tough love planet, right? Because it's because it's gonna tell you the truth. It's not gonna lie to you anymore. It's gonna say like, look, Kathleen, you thought that this was gonna work by by continuing to operate in the status quo, but but it's not. You've known deep down for a while it won't. And now I just I have to just straight up tell you I have to have that hard talk with you. It's not working. You need to change something. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That is like yeah. That that feels so um real that feels like yes 100%. that's so affirming because i just you know it's been a doozy <laughs> i know and i because i would actually say that i have found even in the last like 24 hours like a sense of hope okay <laughs> no like serious of like i was like oh okay like okay like we're, we can go like yeah, like we can go Kind of voice. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, that, yeah, it's, it's, it's just everyone out there, it's going to be okay. I love that it's feeling hopeful, though. I do think that's also something that Saturn does um, really strongly because it's a very, I mean, you can't ignore the energy, but when you do course correct, when you do start to honor your authentic truth and live in your highest path, um, even in like a little step, even in like, you know, sending that email that felt really uncomfortable, even though it felt uncomfortable, you knew it was the right thing to do or having that face-to-face -face conversation or renegotiating a boundary that once worked that now it's not working anymore. Like I need, I need more from you or I need less from you. I think Saturn, Saturn kind of, um, without it sounding like, like good versus bad or like reward versus punishment. I do think that Saturn helps in the sense of making it feel like you feel much more aligned when you do start to listen and observe and course correct in your external life and in your internal life. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. I think, yeah, it's, it, it can be, yeah, it can be affirming or reassuring and like, cause it's kind of a piece. I don't know when I think of a taskmaster, um, there is, like you said, it's like a tough love. There's also benevolence there. So it's the, yes, this is the truth. I know you didn't want to hear this truth. It's going to be okay. Like, right. you know, right. sense. That also, I mean, that feels in line with the karma, dharma piece of it in that when we're off, we know it because we feel off. Like, it's not like 
you have to sit around and be like, oh, am I following my dharma? Well, you like, you know, because you either no. feel good. Like if you feel good, you're there. If you don't feel good, you're not. So it's, it's, you don't need anyone else to tell you if you're doing it correctly or not, because it's, it's going to be based on how you feel about what you're doing. Um, so I think. <sighs> it's so true. And it's so like, and that's kind of, I think what it boils down to is that Saturn is actually always aligning you to your best path to your Dharma which mm -hmm. can feel super uncomfortable if you are in any sort of denial or any sort of resistance towards what that is because of expectations of others, because of expectations of self, because of belief systems that don't serve you. That's another, another like, we were talking about the number five earlier, right? And how it comes up in my life a lot. Um, five is also, um, it's a tarot card called the Hierophant that I've pulled, I've pulled literally Sam in 2019 probably a hundred times. Um, I pull it, I pull it every week, if not every day. And part of me is like, is this just like, is this rigged? Like, am I just not shuffling? But what, what, you pull, when you have a repeating theme in your life, and for me, tarot allows me to see those themes in a different way. It allows me to creatively inter like use an external tool to, to see my internal world. Um, Hierophant's all about like, what are your beliefs? Who did you inherit them from? Do they really serve you? what are your true, like, what do you actually believe? It's this idea of being your own guru. Like you are your own best teacher. You are the one who knows best. And it's exactly what you just said, which is if you feel out of alignment, you're out of alignment. If it feels icky or weird or like something's off, you're right. You're not yeah. paranoid. You're not crazy. You're sensing something in your inner world, which is probably, which is picking up on all the cues of your external world. And we are just so much more intelligent and intuitive than we give ourselves credit for. Um, uh, and, and I've realized like for me, especially around beliefs and I, I would imagine others feel this too, but um, like what, what do I really believe is, is true? What do I believe as aligned for me? Because, you know, even from like a work perspective um, and that's something you and I've talked about a lot. It's like, I know that me sitting in an office 40 hours a day, a week is not, in alignment for me. It feels, it's, and it's not because I'm lazy and it's not because I don't want to do work. I'm, I am a very ambitious, hardworking person, sometimes to the point of burning myself out. And um, I've learned that over this past few years that I need to build in rest. I need to build in um, personal time. Like I know that that's true for me. Now, is that true for everyone I work with and every boss I have? No. So how do I become authentic about what works for me um, without feeling like I need to subscribe to someone else's belief system that, you know, you need to have your butt in a seat in an office, period. Otherwise, you're not doing good work. It's like, mm, is that true? Because uh -huh. I know it's not. I, it's actually the opposite for me. If you have my butt in a seat five days a week, um, eight hours a day, like you are getting the worst possible version of Kathleen. You just are. All right. Yeah. Oh, that is such a, yes, that's such a truth. I remember um, in grad school, like my most office-like world that I've ever been in. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not going to have a chair in my office because if I am not standing, I will go insane. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm like just even just the act of sitting a butt in a, in a chair for that many hours is just never going to work. Um, mm -hmm. And at least like, at least I'm going to stand, at least I'm going to be able to move, at least it's going to be able to, to flow a little bit. And so I, 
Yeah, I think that is, and it, and it can just be really, really, really hard sometimes to parse out you versus the world and what are your beliefs and what are the world's beliefs and what, um, what is actually true for you. I think that can be really hard. It's, mm -hmm. it's one of the hardest things we do. And it's one, and I think it's one of the most important things we can do for ourselves because if you're not, it's, it goes back to Dharma. Like if you are living based on someone else's belief of what's right for you, it will, it will, Saturn will come to show you, it will hold up a mirror that where you're not really excited about the reflection of what you see. And, mm. and, but, but rather than fearing that and feeling like, oh, that means I'm doing the wrong thing. It's like, what a gift, what an opportunity to now say, how can I return or how can I discover like what feels good? It's, it's, I, I just think like our generation in particular, we are this bridge between you know, our parents' generations and the generations before them who had so much in your face, world level, world scale trauma. And they were never, they were never empowered by the system, by culturally, all of this stuff. And I'm speaking specifically to like American middle-class culture. So please know that like, I I'm speaking from my limited point of view, but, um, but the idea that like, sacrifice is the way um aligning to your life's path if it's not of practical use is not really good mm -hmm. um whereas now we have the opportunity like we live in such an amazing time of technology and communication and also the ability to understand ourselves better and the ability to understand that that like you can be of service by being someone who like makes coffee for someone every day. Like that is an incredible service. And how many people do you touch when you get to do that? And, and maybe you really love making coffee. Maybe uh -huh. that's your passion. What's wrong with uh -huh. that? You know? Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. and it's like, well, how can you have a stable life? How can you, but, but I just feel like, um, as somebody who's done, I've done the check the box, like take the traditional path, you know, follow a career ladder, work your butt off, prove yourself. Um, which were all super valuable to me because I think those were all things I needed to, I needed to learn that I could do that. I needed in some way, even though right now it doesn't feel like having my butt in a seat 40 hours plus a week feels aligned to me. At one point I needed to do it so that I could understand that I didn't, I don't need to do it forever. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of the, that's kind of the Saturn, the Saturn um, retrograde going direct, that energy is around like, you get to observe, and if you didn't glean the lessons or the shifts that you were supposed to glean during that internalized time period, okay, now now the energy is stronger, it's moving forward, and now you can't ignore it anymore. So you have an opportunity to, to, to see it, to own it, and to say, okay, how am I gonna make this work for me in my highest alignment? Like, how can I live my life path? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it brings so many, so many things to my brain. Um, and it's, and then I guess I'll say for the, for the Sam's of the world, then our work is not to just create a big to-do list and then say, this is going to make me happy. Cause that's mm -hmm. what I was like. Oh, okay. So if I do X, Y, and Z and this and this, then everything will work perfectly. No, but, um, but, but I, I think you speak such great truth of, um, of doing, like you said, you do the reflection 
you see where where is it not working? Where am I feeling like crap? Where am I feeling stuck? And rather than saying, what's wrong with me that I feel like crap, you get to say, well, what's not aligned in the situation that makes me mm-hmm. feel like crap? And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's where there's a beautiful opportunity. And I think it's really easy to say, like, what's wrong with me? Like, why, why can't I, why, why can't I just sit in the seat for 40 hours? Or why can't I figure X, Y, or Z out? Why am I unhappy here? I should be happy here. And it's like, right. well, that's not what's wrong with you. And let's look at the situation and see what could change externally. Um, so that's, I think, a big thing that comes to me from it. And, and like you saying all that makes me even just piece it all together more, which is it's the process. The process in in Saturn's definitely concerned with process and processing. It's the idea that like, it's not about the outcome all the time. It's actually giving yourself space to have the internal reflection and to have messy process and have a messy, um, not perfect sort of experience is actually what then allows you to grow because now you've seen, ooh, I really like that is, that is not that is uncomfortable for me in a way that like, I know that I'm going, it's not going to bring out the best in me, Um, but I'm, but I'm able to sit with it and I'm able to see it and realize it's not permanent and that it's part of my growth. And so now I get to have agency and choice in the matter. Now I get to say, Ooh, that didn't, Ooh, okay. That was a lot. Um, I'm here. I'm with it. I'm not going to deny it or ignore it. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to see where I can improve it. And, and like, what's kind of cool is with Saturn, and if you're working with that energy, it is a great idea to make a list, Sam. Like, it's it's actually, that's a really great creative process way to hash it all out. Like, what works for me? What doesn't? What did I like? What did I not like? Where 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 do I want to grow? Where do I want to release? Um, Saturn, Saturn energy really supports that type of brainstorming and processing and um, the ability to be methodical and and also to be present. So it's the idea that like time, right? Saturn rules time and time is a construct for us here. If you, if you believe that and, but, but what do you do with that construct? Cause you could be like, Oh, it's just a construct. It's not even real. And then like do nothing. Or you could say like, <laughs> or oh, I'm going to use it to my advantage and I'm going to maximize it. And I'm going to find ways to feel, make it feel more precious and more full of incredible experiences and love. Or you can say, oh, I'm going to just try to get through it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, bear down and sit at that job for five years and put in my time. And, but then like, then what, after you put in your time, Yeah. so it's, it's like, it's like, how can you make time work for you instead of working for it? Uh, Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And it just makes me think of just how often we end up places due to either a trauma or an old belief and kind of, again, like you kind of get, you end up in a place and you're like, how did I get here? And realizing, oh, okay, wait, I need to unravel a little bit. And again, not hating the place that you were because you were there for a reason, but right. then, but then getting to say, and I, and I, ha- I have the ability to check, to adjust. I have the, um, the choice, you know, mm-hmm. and I think things, things can change how I've been doing it doesn't have to be how it's always been. Even if it's felt like that was the only choice or this is what I had to do, maybe there was a time where that was true, but that might not be true anymore. And I think that's a, that's an adjustment of process. Yeah. 
For sure. Yeah. I, I love the idea too. And it's, it's hard, but it's, it's a practice, which is that like, if, if my options feel super constrained, limited, like I have to lose something, like I have to sacrifice in terms of not sacrifice in terms of do something for others or sacrifice. Like I'm saying this in the word of like, I have to lose something and I have to feel like I am less than yes. then, then I know that that's actually Saturn saying, or, or just, you know, my psyche saying like, does it have to be that way? Are you sure? <laughs> like, are you sure that you have to just, that, that it just has to suck for you forever? Cause I don't know that that's the answer. Uh -huh. I, don't, I, I think it's when you come from a place of empowerment and agency to make a decision um, that that's when you start to align to your dharma. Dharma does not feel, it doesn't feel easy, I think, at least from what I'm experiencing. It's not easy, but it does feel aligned. And, uh -huh. so, and so like, for example, I know that teaching yoga is part of what my dharma is supposed to be because every time I'm in that classroom, I want, that is exactly where I want to be. I feel, yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to be there. I feel like this isn't just about me too. It's about the people in the room. It's this very wonderful flow of give, take, receive. Um, and, and like, even, um, even having like a Saturday class, which as someone who has, we've talked about this at length offline, but like as someone who has a, a nine to five, as somebody who has three classes during the week and then to have a Saturday where I'm working, like yeah. even now I, I'm I'm still so grateful for it because I know that's where I'm supposed to be. That's where my energy is supposed to be served. My energy could be served at like a beer garden and hanging out with friends, which would probably be a lot of fun, but I'm not necessarily feeling that alignment when I'm there. If that, mm. if that makes any sense. No, it does. And I think that is a great point. Dharma isn't always easy, but there is a sense of rightness, mm -hmm. even if it's not. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it, it feels, it feels, I know, I think, right? Like, I, I think, I think it feels expansive. I, I think it feels like I'm not actually, even though this is to others a sacrifice or like a shift in, in what my quote unquote priority should be as a young person. Um, but maybe, but, but like, I don't feel that way. You know, I feel like, no, this is, this is good. I always leave there feeling like that was the right place that that was. And I hate, you know, I hate that right and wrong are the ones we have to use the most, but, but it just, it feels aligned. It feels good. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so many things. Um, I think I'm going to like re-listen to this like five times in a row. <laughs> I'm still so afraid to re-listen because, because I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't love my voice, but you know, whatever beautiful voice but beyond that, that yeah I'm, oh, I'm not listening well whatever you have a beautiful I love, voice no I, and, I love that I love that though what a, what a nice, like, man like virtual man. journal is we get to just have like a virtual journal with each other which is really fun it's like the best thing in the world and this is so so good and I, I think it just I think it's huge and hopefully huge for everyone so um thank you for sharing your immense wisdom with us and with the world Thank you. I just saw two dragonflies fly over me, which felt really auspicious. And like we're living our dharma right now, and they were connected because I think they were maybe getting it on. But it felt really right. <laughs> oh, dragonflies, mid air, do it. They are they are a spirit animal for me. So oh, fun. Yeah. We'll have a good time in New Orleans. No, I know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, 
have such a great rest of your trip, darling. Can't wait to see you next week. Thanks, Sam. Love you. Much love. Bye, everyone. Bye.